Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Pastor Michael speaks on binding up the brokenhearted. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Paul and Chloe, for your labor with our students. Thank you for loving them, pastoring them, and uh, helping us raise them. And uh, what a beautiful celebration. Congratulations, graduates, again. Um, It is a big deal. It kind of gets looked over like it's not a big deal, but it's a huge deal to get to this moment. Ask your parents. They think it's a big deal. So, I... uh, that's awesome. Just wanted Paul and Chloe to take their liberty and um, wasn't sure where that would land us. And it's landed us where it's landed us at this point. And uh, I'm excited. I still want to share with you for just a few moments before we get out of here today. We'll make it quick as we can and still leave on time. On time is not a time. It's just on time. It's it's on time. It's Kairos time. But I'm not saying that to be facetious. We still have a a, a goal time, and we're going to leave on that time as well. So um, it's okay. Those things can line up. But I just want to, if you've been around for the last couple of weeks, I think it's just been an amazing, amazing last few weeks. Uh, last week on Mother's Day, uh, Jahan brought the word to us, and it was so powerful, so wonderful. I say uh, uh, she's my favorite speaker, and I always glean so much from what she brings. Uh, a few weeks before that, we started uh, the week after Easter on a series on um Luke chapter 4, verse 18, and so I want to pick up there um, again today. Let me, uh, I, just to recap super quick, um, Luke four eighteen. the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The awesome thing in Luke 4.18 we looked at is this is Jesus actually going into the temple, picking up the scroll, reading this, and then sitting down and telling them, It's been fulfilled in front of your eyes today. What an incredible, powerful moment. Um, I think it's awesome that each of us in this room have had that moment with him. If we know him and if we walk with him, at some point he came in and just spoke something to us and said, today this is fulfilled, today salvation has come to you. And it was that same moment. People say, man, I wish I was there. You were there. You have been there. 
we're there right now. We're having these encounters and these moments with him. He comes in and he, he declares his word over us and says it's time. And so sits down. So we looked uh, the first week on the spirit of the sovereign Lord being upon, being upon us, being anointed to be the anointed, um, the uh, Jesus knew exactly what he was supposed to do, and he knew that he was empowered to do it. The anointing is the divine enablement, enablement and supernatural empowerment to carry on the ministry of Jesus. So we are the anointed. We are anointed to be the anointed. Like Christ was not Jesus' last name. Christ was the anointed. So we're actually anointed to be the Christ, plural. We're, we're anointed to be the anointed ones in the earth. And so um, I love the, the, the kind of the definition we landed on. The anointing is, is the divine enablement and supernatural empowerment to carry on the ministry of Jesus. And so the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And so we talked a few weeks ago about it's good news to the poor, it's bad news to the rich, okay? And, and some people uh, may have left some younger folks that day thinking, is it bad to be rich? No, it's great to be rich. It's great to have all the wealth you can stand. It'd be wonderful the, the point is, is we get rich in things of self-worth that we don't think that we need anything of God. God sends no one away empty unless they're full of themselves, right? I love this uh, quote, my friend, he put it on his church sign. To have found God and still pursue him is the soul's paradox of love. And so it's like we've got everything. I was kind of thinking even more about this this week um, and trying to think of the best analogy. And I was going to say a really fancy car, but that would only apply to a small handful of us. What is more prevalent is the newest iPhone. Okay? To be rich to where you, um, uh, where good news, where, where, Good news is bad news is when you finally get the latest iPhone. And then Apple says they're coming out with a new iPhone. It's bad news. I was the head honcho. I was the Joneses. And then they came out with a new one. And so if you're striving to find identity and worth and what you can do, then when there's something else that you can, another level, a new opportunity, a new gift that comes available, a new revelation, it can almost be bad news, like I'm insufficient. I'm lacking. But if your dad owns Apple, and every time they say there's a new iPhone, that's good news. Because I know I'm going to get the first one, right? So that is where we have to be, where where, you know, there's people that circle the wagons around old revelation because new revelation would mean they don't have everything. They're rich in what they know and poor in what they don't know. Right? 
So I want to be, I want it always to be good news. Hey, Michael, here's an invitation. Yes. Yes. I just ate, I'm full. There's more. Yes. I want a constant appetite for the things of God. I want it to be good news to me. And you can never present the news to the world and it sound good if it's bad to you. Hey, y'all, we got to do more stuff. Hey, y'all, we got to do more things. Hey, y'all, just, just come off the presses. There's actually more stuff we've got to do now. There's a new revelation. There's new opportunities and healing and deliverance and all this. So that means we're going to have to fast more. We're going to have to do more. You guys... We're already lacking, but now that the bar is raised and God's, we've seen that there's actually more to the kingdom than what we thought, you're even less now. Good news, world. You're worse than you thought you were. You understand? But if it's good news to us, it's good news to them. Good news is good news. Good news is good news to everybody you talk to. So we preach good news to the poor, and want to jump today to he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. In Isaiah 61, which is what Jesus was reading from, it says to bind up the brokenhearted. So to heal or to bind up the brokenhearted. And there, there's some people that look down on brokenheartedness and look down on brokenness, and they never want to admit that they've ever been broken. If you've never been broken, then you've never been saved. If you've never been broken over the condition of your heart, then you've never needed a physician. And he didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. And so if we've never been brokenhearted over our sin, and it's amazing, in Isaiah 61, he's talking about the Israelites and in their captivity. And the brokenheartedness that he's talking about is when they found themselves in bondage, separated from God's promises and purposes, it broke their hearts. And all of us have came to a place, if we know Jesus as our Savior, we must have been broken over our sin. You can't just come to Jesus and say, hey, I want a plus one, I want a little bit better life, I want a little bit better stuff. You have to be absolutely broken over the condition of your life. You have to realize that you're completely destitute and broken. This word here for broken is the Hebrew word shabar. It means crushed into pieces, shattered, bruised, and disconnected. Has anybody in here ever been shattered, bruised, and disconnected? But he bound us up, and he brought healing to us. We are the brokenhearted in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. James 4, 6, the only way that we will not be saved out of our brokenness if, and is to not realize we're broken. James 4, 6 says, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 
Submit, therefore, to God, but resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and he will come close to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. That's what we must go through to be saved. Our joy, you know, some people just go from joy in the world and then just think they can just come in and joy in the Holy Ghost. There has to be a process of brokenness and death. What a fun sermon today. But that's not the end. That's the ones he exalts, right? And he'll turn your mourning into dancing. He'll give you beauty for your ashes, but it's a process that we must go through. It's that eye of the needle. We have to humble ourselves. We have to realize that without him, we are nothing. But with him, we are everything. Psalm 51, 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you will not despise. Again, in Psalm 147, 3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Again, using that language from Isaiah 61. We see that in Hebrew, it's binds, and in Greek, it's heals. Same translation, just different, different languages, right? But the same message, heals and binds up. It's a picture of the shattered, the crushed, the broken, and to bind up is to heal or to set right, as in like with a broken bone. All right? So we're broken, shattered, crushed, and he sets us right like a broken bone. I was thinking about that process. What must we do to be set right? What is the great burden that rests on us to get ourselves right? What is the great burden with you with the broken leg to get your leg set right? You ready? You ready for the great burden that we all must bear? Psalm 4610, be still. And know that I am God. If you're going to get it set right, you got to be still. You got to be still. You got to come into his presence and be still. I love the translation in uh, the New American Standard says, stop striving. And know that I'm God. The only way that he can't heal your broken heart is if you never stop striving to prove you don't have a broken heart. Anybody ever heard the terminology, play through the pain? <laughs> John's already shaking her head no. Why?
One time, if you had to shake your head, no, I might let it go. Just felt that. Just <laughs> One time I had surgery on my throat. I had a, they put a trach in while it was healing. I had a trach. And I'll just say this. Which baby? Huh? Eva was conceived. Because I play through the pain. Come on. Trake and all, baby. Play through the pain. Now you see why my wife was shaking her head. No, no. She knew as soon as I said play through the pain exactly what story I was going to tell. I actually didn't even think of it till this moment, but oh well. It ministered to somebody. It's, it's probably spoke to somebody. Play through the pain. Play, play through the pain. Have you ever heard, walk it off? Come on, you heard this stuff, you athlete. Play through the pain, walk it off. Rub some dirt on it, shake it off. Right? In essence, like, take a piece of tape, stick it on your dash over the check engine light. That's what's wrong with the church. We got a bunch of broken people putting pieces of tape over the check engine light and going around telling the world this is what it looks like to be whole. And the world's like, ugh. Stop striving. Stop trying to make sure everybody knows you're okay. Stop trying to make sure everyone sees all your activities. Just be still. Be still. That's inactive. What? A message about inactivity? Paul just told the graduates, keep moving. Yes, keep moving. And be still. And stop striving. So many times we can't get healed because we're so busy keeping up pretenses, keeping up position, keeping up uh, what projections, keeping up what looks like. I was thinking last week when Jahan was speaking about the sand and the rock, what an awesome job, and the Lord just took me to... um, and she was saying it was like sand was like pieces of information where well, the Lord took me to. His thoughts of us are like grains of sand. Too many to count, right? Do you know that you can't build your life on God's thoughts about you? Sounds like heresy, right? You can't build your life on God's thoughts about you because if you build everyone, he has those thoughts about everybody. If all it took was God thinking those things about you, then everybody's lives would be perfect and would come out the way God thinks about them. But he told Peter, who do men say that I am? And Peter said several different ideas, and he said, but who do you say that I am? And he said, you are the Christ, the anointed one, son of the living God. Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. And upon this rock, 
I'll build my church. See, it did not become a rock until what God said and what God thought became what Peter thought. Peter attached his faith to what God thought. And it became a rock that he could build his life on. And so it's one thing for God to have all these thoughts about you in your life, but you have to believe that God thinks those things about you. You have to believe that he has plans for you. You have to believe that he has a future for you. You have to believe that he thinks good things about you. And you build your life on that. And I was thinking, Jahan showed these videos, and this is where I'm going, tie into where we are right now. And you remember the videos of the houses that, that got washed away? And, and she made a point to say the first two houses just sunk. Quickly, the third house kind of washed out slowly and it kind of floated away. This may sound crazy to some of y'all, but it just stuck out to me. The first two houses that sunk immediately were block houses. They were made of concrete and rock and stone. And they sunk quicker than the house that was made from wood. Reminded me of the Pharisees with whitewashed tombs and those of us that won't stop striving to let God heal us. They focused more on the part of the house that everybody could see than they did the part of the house that no one could see. You got more stone and rock. You got the bumper sticker on your car, but you don't have his name on your heart. You've got the T-shirt, you've got the Bible you carry around. See, sometimes we, we focus so much on the part of the house that everybody sees. But you know what that does? The more you put on the house that says, I'm perfect in, in everything and I know everything about God, and the more you put on the house that looks like that, the heavier the house is. See, it don't matter if the house looks like a little shack. If it's built on a rock, it's going to stand. But we worry so much about what the house looks like and not enough about what the foundation looks like. But that house that was wooden, listen, let me break it to y'all. No matter how good of a teaching Jahan does, we're going to mess up on our foundation. We're going to make mistakes on our foundation. We're going we're gonna to try to build on a rock, but we're going we're gonna to get some things wrong. That's why we have to be humble. Build with wood. I think that that wood was just a picture of humility. What everybody sees about me is wood. What everybody sees about me is humble. What everybody sees about me is I don't know. I wasn't there. What everybody sees about me is I believe this about God and I'm trying to understand this about God and I really, I really am trying to, you know, I'm trying to work my faith out and I just, I just love him and I just, they see this humility. And I just saw that even if we get some stuff wrong in the foundation, if the house is humble, it might float until it lands on another solid place. Like the ark found dry ground, right? Come on, as much as we mess up, if we stay humble, at least we don't just sink straight to the bottom. But great is the fall of the prideful and the arrogant. 
and the boastful and the ones that put all kinds of uh, uh, block in their house but nothing in their foundation. That's what striving looks like. Striving sets us up for a fall. But Matthew 11 says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is comfortable and my burden is light. I don't know what the people that talk about how hard it is, I don't know what they do with this scripture. You know what I mean? People are like, let's don't be talking about greasy grace and easy stuff. I just had to throw that one away then. I'm not talking about greasy grace, but it is easy. My yoke is easy. I mean, I, I, how, how can we construe that differently? And my burden is light. Stop striving and be healed. I want to just kind of end today with with a thought, and I'm just kind of trying to paraphrase my sermon as best I can for the time that we have. You know, kind of perfect, these videos that we watch today of the kids, the graduates, from when they're little babies till they've grown. It's been a difficult week at my house. I have two of those. It's difficult. It's, it's emotional. And my birthday's tomorrow. A birthday and two graduates at the same weekend is tough, all right? But, you know, throughout the years as a pastor, throughout the years as a chaplain with sheriff's department, throughout the years facing death and being involved in the process of death and mourning and grief. And, you know, over the last few years, they've really started the, I don't know when they started, but I mean, years ago they didn't, but they got the media at funerals where they show the videos, right? And it's just a kind of a slideshow of that person's life. And many times it will start as a child and go into an adult. And every time I go into those Funerals, and every time that I'm into something like this where we look at these children and what I've been processing this week with my children. And I ask the Lord, I want to feel it. I want to feel. I want to feel the weight of death when I'm at a funeral. I want to feel the value of life. I want to I be aware. I don't want to just, you know, just tune it out. Because it makes you refocus. It makes you uh, reprioritize. It makes you change your perspective when you are aware that death comes. But I look at these videos and I'm, I just, what I'm always overwhelmed with is that many, I, I w I, yeah, I would say many, many of these occasions are because of a disastrous end. That no one would desire for their baby. 
And what always marks me more than anything when looking at those slideshows is when it's this baby. And somehow this baby ended up in this life that no one would desire. Maybe this baby ends up in a place where so destitute they just they think life's not even worth living. In many cases, I've been at with parents and families at the point of someone taking their own life and it's like just somehow it makes it even heavier when you see them as a baby, right? It's so easy for us to just see someone who's made a bunch of bad decisions with their life and just write them off because they're an adult, right? They make stupid choices. They deserve pain and heartbreak. But when you see them as a baby, it's different. What happened? You know, I think we've all had to be brokenhearted to know him because we had to come to that place. But I believe we don't walk around brokenhearted over our sin because we should be living a life of freedom. But I believe we become brokenhearted over what breaks his heart. And we should be just as broken over the sins of others and the, and the, and the destruction that people are living in as we are that place that we came to in our own. Are you with me? If we're going to bind up the broken heart, you know, it's crushed, pulverized, but it's also the disconnected. The disconnected, it's binding them up. Kind of saw that picture of we played the amoeba game when I was a little kid and when I did children's ministry and stuff where everybody, somebody's it and they tap somebody, they grab hands, right? And then those two are running around. If they tap somebody, they grab hands and the goal is, is to get, catch everybody. And the last one who's not tapped is it. But you just keep growing and you just keep growing and you go around and you're just binding them up. The disconnected until everybody is connected. I had an opportunity this week to just randomly, not some massive ministry opportunity, just seeing somebody in a store, seeing somebody in a restaurant, checkout line, checkout line, cashier, whatever. And God just really moved my heart. People who are living lives and lifestyles that I know are just absolute in disobedience to the plans of God for them. Absolute rebellion to what he would say. and They're just setting themselves up for broken heartedness. They're just setting themselves up for destruction and devastation. And as I talked to them, I just, God just gave me just even a greater sense and greater wave of just grace and mercy than I even have ever experienced before. And I just saw them as those little babies. As I'm walking through graduation with my kids, what would I do if my kid was in that state? Who would I want to come into the store and talk to my son? Who would I want to come into the store and talk to my daughter? Would I want somebody with their Christian t-shirt to come in, look down their nose at my son, and make him further away from God than he was before they came in? Or would I want somebody to come in 
look my son in the eyes. Make sure he knows he's valuable. And he's loved and he has purpose. The disconnected. We are to bind them up. Romans 8 says, I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what's able to separate that person that you think is unreachable. Psalm 139. I just want you to hear this in the context of that person who you have decided is not worthy, who you've decided deserves where they're at. They're brokenhearted, they're disconnected, but I just want to say this is for them. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in show, you are there. If I take up wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and in your right hand will take hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night, even darkness is not dark to you. Come on, even the darkness therein is not dark to him. And the night is bright as the day. Darkness and light are a light to you. For you created my innermost parts. Come on, this is who he's talking to. You've wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you because I'm awesomely and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. Come on. And my soul knows it very well. Those people that are so easy to hate, those people that are on the other side of the aisle, other side of the place than you are, those people that have different opinions than you do. Their frame was not hidden from him when he was made, they were made in secret. Skillfully formed in the depths of the earth, his eyes have seen their formless substance, and in their, his book were written all the days that were ordained for them, when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts for me, God. How vast is the sum of them. Where Were I to count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I'm awake, I'm still with you. Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son, verse 20. But when he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him. When he was still a long way off. We need to bind up the brokenhearted that are a long way off. Let them see the father running to them through us. Psalm 103 and 8, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always contend with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our guilty deeds. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east from the west, so far has he removed our wrongdoings from us. 
Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our form. He is mindful that we are nothing but dust. Deuteronomy 30, verse 1. So it will be when all of these things have come upon you. Come on, this is what brings us to that brokenhearted place. The blessing and the curse which I have placed before you. And you call them to mind in all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. And you return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart and soul in accordance with everything that I am commanding you today. You and your sons. Then the Lord your God will restore you from captivity and have compassion on you and will gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. If any of your scattered countrymen are at the ends of the earth, from there the Lord will gather you. And from there he will bring you back. The Lord your God will bring you into the land which your fathers possessed and you shall possess it. And he will be good to you and make you more numerous than your fathers. Come on, sons and daughters coming home to the possessions of the fathers. Jeremiah 24, 6, for I will set my eyes on them for good. And I will bring them back to this land. And I will build them up and not overthrow them. And I will plant them and not uproot them. I will also give them a heart to know me. For I am the Lord and they will be my people and I will be their God. For they will return to me wholeheartedly. Let's bind up the brokenhearted to bring their whole heart back to him. Here's the thing, folks. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow about his promise. As some count slowness, but he's patient, not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. What we're witnessing is the patience of God, the mercy of God for those that are disconnected. You'll stand with me this morning. We'll be dismissed in just a moment. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. God, we thank you for healing us, the brokenhearted. God, we're thankful. We are so thankful for the opportunity to be brokenhearted. We could be in blissful ignorance about our separation from you, but in your mercy, you allowed us to see. You allowed us to see that we were separated from you. You allowed us to see that sin had come in. You allowed us to see that we were born 
into sinful flesh. You allowed, you brought revelation. No man can come to you except they be drawn by the Spirit of God. So we are so thankful that you allowed us to see the depravity of our flesh. You allowed us to be brokenhearted so that we would turn to you, so that we would come to you, so that we would respond to you. So thankful. So thankful. People of God, can we be thankful that we were able to be brokenhearted? What if you had never been broken over your sin? What if you had never realized you were separated from God? The Holy Spirit never knocked on your heart and never tapped on your heart and never came in and showed you how far from him you were. What joy it is that you would love us enough to tell us the truth. Display to us our own depravity. And we thank you for healing us. We thank you for binding us up. We thank you for setting us right. We thank you for fixing us. when we could do nothing to fix ourselves. God, I'm just asking, just as the miracle to be brokenhearted over our sin, I'm asking for a fresh just an increase, a fresh wave, just almost an anointing of brokenheartedness over what breaks your heart. When every face we see that we want to so quickly say, oh my goodness, they're slum. Oh my goodness, they're ridiculous. Oh my goodness, I can't believe they make those choices. Would you let us see see them like you see them? As your babies? I mean, it's emotional for us as parents, but I mean, if we as parents know how to love our children and give good gifts, how much more? We can't even tap into the love that you have, the highlight reel that you watch over and over again of your babies growing in to these places of either beauty or destruction and how it must break your heart. I want to be a people, I want us to be a people that bind up the brokenhearted. That yell out with our Kindness that yells out with our approachability, that yells out with our attentiveness and just out of eyeness, not looking away, not looking away in shame, but just our interest in their life and who they are and that they're valuable and the glory of God is in them. Would our actions just scream to those that are disconnected, come back to God. Come back to God. 
prayer team, you can come up if you will. Maybe there's somebody here this morning that I'm talking to. Come back to God. Maybe you're broken over your sin. Maybe you're broken over, maybe you just know, maybe you've realized in this service today, man, I'm separated from God. I am separated from him. I am not living the life that he planned for me. I'm not living the, 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 the destiny, the future, the promise that he has for me. They'll pray with you today, but they're up here to pray with anybody. We're going to just dismiss you in just a moment. But if you need prayer for any reason today, prayer team's here. You come up and find agreement for needs. As we leave here tonight, today, just let us be broken for what breaks your heart, Lord. Use us to bind up the brokenhearted. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, be upon us, anoint us, appoint us, equip us, and empower us to preach good news to the poor and to bind up the brokenhearted. In Jesus' name, can you say, so be it? Amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Redemption Life Church. 